Welcome to the Hanu Health Podcast, where our mission is to help you to breathe better and stress less. On this show, we discuss a variety of topics and provide practical suggestions for improving health and well-being. However, none of the education, tips, and tricks provided should be taken as medical advice. Your medical doctor is your best bet if you have medical questions. Also, on this podcast, we interview numerous guests from diverse backgrounds, interests, and may carry some unique ideas. Hanu Health as a company does not endorse all statements provided by guests or condone all suggestions or protocols discussed. We just like hearing about cool people doing rad and new things. So sit back, relax, breathe, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Hanu Health Podcast. Today's episode features Jeff Monroe of Halo a sports performance and recovery company that utilizes pulsed electromagnetic field therapy, or PEMF technology. If you have no idea what that is, you're going to learn all about it in today's episode. As a reminder, we're still taking pre-orders for the Hanu wearable. All you have to do is head on over to hanuhealth.com. And if you want to pre-order right now, go to hanuhealth.com slash pre-order to get your name on the list. It will cost you $29 down and 180 bucks total. The device will ship to you later this summer, and that price is 40% off the eventual retail price. But don't delay, because this special offer is going away faster than you know. So if you want the most comprehensive start-to-finish closed-loop system for managing and measuring your stress response, Hanu Health is the solution. Head on over to hanuhealth.com slash pre-order if you're ready to jump in today. All right, here is your host, Jay Wiles' interview with Jeff Monroe of Halo Technology. All right, Jeff, there are so many trends nowadays in the recovery sports performance world. I mean, you're seeing things like people using cold therapy, heat therapy, you know, going and getting acupuncture, doing all these things for recovery. But one of the coolest ones is this thing called PEMF. What in the world is it? And what do you have to do with PEMF? You're talking my life, right? All of those modalities. And I think most of us um, especially if you are into fitness or, you know, personal performance, you know, all of us are experimenting in some ways with different devices and different technologies and modalities. Halo is a performance um, and recovery technology company. And so when you think of PEMF, which many people have heard of, pulsed electromagnetic field technology, um, you know, Halo uses PEMF, um, are those electromagnetic frequencies um, and we send targeted frequencies to the body. And these frequencies help the body perform better um, and recover stronger. Um, and there's a lot of different types of PEMF. It's delivered in different ways at different amplitudes. Uh, but for us, you know, our primary focus is uh, very specific frequencies that are highly targeted um, for very specific things. Mm -hmm. So when you say frequencies, let's unpack that a little bit. So um, are we talking about like sound frequencies, like uh, some type of wave frequency? What what is a frequency and how is that utilized? It's it's interesting um, to think about. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, so you you have let's just talk about some of the modalities that are very common right now. You've got PEMF, you've got red light therapy, you've got uh, infrared saunas, um, all of those delivery mechanisms are frequencies, right? When the sun, when, you know, when you get rays from the sun, those are all individual frequencies. Red light therapy happens to utilize a few of those, or maybe four of those frequencies that are beneficial for the body in different ways. You know, a frequency um, can be delivered in a lot of different ways. Um, Anybody who's been to a concert, you sit by the big speaker and the speaker pushes the air back and forth. You know, that's one way to do it. Um, and when you think about pulse electromagnetic fields, you can think about, um, you know, a coil um, of wires sends a signal through those wires as a magnetic field. So, you you know, you can't see it, but you can measure it. And, and that magnetic field is made up of multiple frequencies. You know, so there's, you know, so if you think about it in a very simplistic way, if you go and, and you know, run a blender or, you know, any household appliance, you know, they're, they're, that's an electric motor that's doing that, and there are frequencies that are emitted. And the difference is with PEMF and for modalities that are for recovery or performance is it's only those very specific frequencies that are beneficial for those functions. 
Mm-hmm. And, and that's the real difference. So if we unpack the title of, of what Halo uses, and Halo is your company, and if anybody's interested in what Halo, how it's spelled, it's spelled H-A-E-L-O, right? I got that right? H-A-E-L-O. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, uh, so I just want to make sure, in, any ca- in case anybody was Googling it right now while they're watching the YouTube video or listening to the podcast. And what Halo does is it pulses, and we can talk about the reason as to why it pulses, different electromagnetic currents. Is it a current? Is that an okay term to use? You know, it is. Um, you know, but you mentioned sound before. And so maybe, you know, I'll we'll we'll think about kind of the, the how halo functions and that might help paint a picture for mm-hmm. how to think about these frequencies and, and how they're delivered. We have a um, a very, very high fidelity digital to audio converter. You know, these frequencies and our frequencies are in the ELF range, which is the extremely low frequency range. Mm-hmm. And they range from you know approximately three to approximately twelve thousand hertz. And we deliver it as a sine wave. So when you think of pulsed, right, anybody who knows AC current, mm-hmm. a sine wave that looks like this, mm-hmm. right? And that's where that pulsing comes from. In that, in the delivery of those frequencies, um, we take those digitized frequencies and put them into a digital to audio converter. What happens is, is those frequencies are converted into basically sound. Mm-hmm. And that sound is emitted from that coil. That coil is like the speaker that you would have at that concert. And that, that sound is emitted as, an elect, as a magnetic wave mm-hmm. out of that coil. That's the reason why, um, you know, with any modality or anything that you utilize, you know, the, the methods matter um, and how it's developed and designed. You know, so there there are a lot of different ways to send those uh, frequencies, and there are other companies that you may be familiar with that have mats or have different technologies, mm-hmm. um, and where somebody who uses it, you actually feel the thumping of that frequency because the amplitude is very high. Uh, maybe the absolute frequency is very low. You know, for us, it really is more finesse than brute force, and that's why the very specific frequencies are what matter. Sure. Um, more than anything else. Sure. You know, I've been using pulse electromagnetic field therapy now for probably the past uh, three to five-ish years. Uh, my time is like wonky right now because of the whole pandemic. I don't know what year it is now, uh, but I've been using it uh, pretty heavily and relied on it pretty heavily for the last, let's say, three to five years or so and used multiple devices, including Halo, uh, which I'd love to kind of talk about my impressions. And I know I've shared them with you kind of uh, before recording as well. But, uh, you know, the the reason that I started using it is because I heard about the potential effects that it could have on recovery, especially post-surgery. So for me, I had uh, tore my left meniscus playing tennis. Um, It was basically an overuse injury, and I tweaked it one wet day uh, when I was sliding for a ball. Uh, and had a pretty extensive surgery. It wasn't minor repair surgery. It was a bucket handle tear that was causing a lot of locking and catching. And I used it uh, immediately for that. Um, Granted, at the time, I was using a different company's uh, pulsed electromagnetic field therapy. I'm just going to say PMF. It's a little bit faster and easier. Uh, I believe it was uh, from the brand Pulse Center, so which is quite different than what you guys have. This is like a portable, like handheld device. Um, and, yeah. uh, and I used it throughout that time. Uh, but I was kind of using it under the assumption um, that using this type of device did something to my biology. It, it repaired cellular functioning. It did something. I wasn't quite sure at the time. I didn't do a lot of research into it. I know a lot more about it now, but maybe that's even a good starting place is to really talk about what is PEMF doing fundamentally to our biology. Because if we're saying that this affects us, whether it's you know cellular optimization, pain, helps us to recover faster, like a lot of people are going to want to know how? Because I think when some people hear anything to do with sound therapy, electromagnetic, electromagnetic field therapy, those words tend to sometimes be a little bit more like woo-woo, like in the clouds. So then we have to say, okay, well, let's unpack the science. So I'd be really interested to hear from you, Jeff, um, your take and kind of what the research has to say as to how this actually works from a physiological perspective. All great questions and comments. And it's great that you have experience with this, right? Even if it is something that is a device that may be more single frequency oriented, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think at the so at the core level, one of the great things about PEMF is is that unlike 
supplements or something that you are adding to the body, uh, PEMF isn't adding anything to the body, right? It's really just helping the body use what it has and use what it has optimally. If you think about, um, you know, let's kind of draw it back to the the nervous system, right? You've got the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system, and this is critical to the function of everything in your body, your liver, your spleen, your lungs, your heart, your, you know, everything relies on that homeostasis and on that balance. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are, you know, there are short trigger sympathetic, um, you know, system responses. There are long-term negative sympathetic trigger responses, but that generally homeostasis and balance is important. Um, and rarely, you know, if you really were able to track it in, in minute detail, you know, all of us go in and out of that, right? We're never always in homeostasis or some of us may be always in sympathetic, which is not good, but you're always kind of going in and out of that. And so when you think about, um, you know, what these, you know, what PEMF does is the bot, everything in the universe um, you know, vibrates at a certain frequency and responds at a certain frequency. And the easiest example is what everybody knows and remembers is, you know, the Memorex tape commercial where the opera singer is singing, is changing her notes, and she hits just the right note that shatters the glass. Right. And what people don't understand is the glass doesn't shatter because her voice gets louder. The glass shatters because she changes her pitch and she hits just the right frequency that it affects that glass. Mm. And so in the body, you know, what are things that are super important? Um, cellularly, oxygenation, circulation, all of those inner those interrelated functions, um, coordination between the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system, digestion, you know, op- oxygen uptake, all of those things are critical to that balance and to the optimization of your system. And what you can do with PEMF is you can, in a very targeted way, help the orchestration and coordination of that um, system. You know, oxygenation, cellular, um, uh, uh, through oxygenation, through um, circulation, through uh, system optimization, you can affect that change. Now, I'll, I'll say that you know, we're not a medical device company. Mm -hmm. You know, you Mm -hmm. talked about your, your knee issues. We're not a medical device. We're, you know, this is, again, this isn't adding anything to the body. This is, this is really just helping the body, um, optimize, um, all of its functions and, and for performance and recovery, Mm -hmm. whether it's red light therapy or whether it is, you know, infrared sauna, which I'm a huge fan of infrared saunas, Um, you know, those are all, you know, if you look at the core of what a lot of those modalities are doing is through that, those frequencies, um, they're able to increase, um, you know, mitochondrial energy, Mm -hmm. um, ATP production, um, you know, at the cellular level, though, that those are the kind of things that get affected when you are oxygenating and increasing circulation, affecting those functions. And so, you know, PEMF is so you know broad in its ability to influence uh, performance and in, in recovery because there are so many different frequency combinations mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, you know from in the ELF range from three to twelve thousand you, you know it's not just those twelve thousand frequencies but there are you know orders of those frequencies there's you know not just three hertz there's 3.001 hertz and there's three hertz combined with ten hertz, mm-hmm. and there are harmonics involved with that. So that's the thing that's really exciting about the technology. And I think we're still, you know, in the very, you know, fundamental, basic building blocks of what the potential um, of the technology is. Sure. Yeah, it's really interesting. You know, one of the things that I've thought about, and granted, I'll be the first to say that I have not done a ton of uh, deep dive into the research on this is that I I think that a lot of people are coming to realize that, yes, we are chemical beings, but we're also bioelectrical. uh, And we respond to electricity. We are electrical beings. 
one of the things that I've thought about, and this kind of comes from my background in cellular physiology related to heart rate resonance and heart rate variability, is that our cells work off of an electrical gradient. Uh, and the way that cells fire is due to the depolarization and hyperpolarization of action potentials within the cell, which works, yes, on a, as a chemical messenger, but the way it starts is via electrical messaging. And I didn't know if you'd come across any studies that had kind of looked at the effects of the hyperpolarization or depolarization of cells with the use of PMF. And that if that helps to either speed up the firing of cells or slow it down due to AT, ATP output. I was wondering if you'd come across anything like that, just because the changes that I've seen in utilizing the device would lead me to believe that PEMF is working on that electrical gradient within cellular functioning. So I was just curious, you may not have come across that, but there are thousands of studies and there are, there are many studies that talk about cell cellular voltage, right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and what optimal, optimal cellular voltage is. And, and, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned just that, you know, we're electrical beings, right. Um, that that electrical influence is, is cru crucial right mm -hmm. to to life and functioning and you know the the thing that in my experience that kind of you know drove that home for me is um you know we had years ago a police officer it was super super hot you know summer day very you know very 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 hot and this police officer was drinking tons of water i mean just like like gallons of water mm -hmm. super super thirsty thinking i'm quenching my thirst i'm quenching my thirst well ultimately that that police officer died of mm -hmm. a heart attack and, you know, we were like, what happened? How, how can you die from drinking tons of water? I, you know, I see you nodding. You probably know what the, oh, what, know. What the reasoning was, mm -hmm. right? It's because, you know, you just, you know, you, you have modified the chemicals in your body that are required to cause that function, that electrical function you to be able it. to fire your heart, you know, fire your heart. And so, yep. You know, and it's why people, you know, if you follow people who, you know, are into ketosis or, you know, or things like that, um, you know, or, or paleo, it's really important to think about your potassium uh, intake. And, you know, sometimes it requires supplementation because you need to have that balance. So back to your question on PEMF, you know, I, I have, you know, so a specific study around that, um, you know, I don't, I don't recall. However, you know, there are numerous studies that talk about cellular voltage and mm -hmm. that, you know, you, it, it is one of those functions that can elevate that and that can normalize that. And especially in people who, because of diet or toxicity, or, you know, there's all kinds of different mechanisms that can actually depress mm -hmm. that cellular voltage, sure. right. For, or, or even stress, right. Like if somebody is chronically mm -hmm. stressed or, right. you know, that can decrease your cellular voltage. This may be, excuse me and pardon me if this is indeed uh, what I'm about to say is incorrect. And it may be a complete bastardization of PMF technology, but I've always kind of considered and thought of PMF almost like a concentrated form. I don't like to use the word hack, but maybe potentially we could use the word hack, a concentrated form of grounding. And I know grounding is a really popular term. Is that an oversimplification of what PMF is, like kind of like a concentrated form of grounding or are these like completely different topic areas? Uh, boy, that's, a, that's actually a, a really good question. Um, I think in some ways it's a good way to, to kind of influence somebody's mind around understanding the importance of the frequencies or kind of what they can do. Because, you know, again, anybody who learns about the body and, you know, for, for example, you know, there, there have been studies done where pilots who fly in a plane all the time, you know, that they actually get electrical sensitivity because of the static electricity, mm. you know, you know, flying through the air and the, and the fuselage. And then you've got the impact from the sun, uh, which a lot of people don't understand, but when you're at 40,000 feet or 35,000 feet for many, many hours, that's an impact as well. Right. And how important it is for them, you know, to ground, for people to ground. It's, I don't think it's an oversimplification. I just think it's, it is an element of PEMF that can help the understanding, but that PEMF is actually much, you know, much deeper um, than, mm -hmm. than just the notion of, of grounding, which can, part of that is, you know, to, to level set, but part of it is, you know, static release and things like that. You know, it's 
interesting. We were talking offline just a second ago about how you and I quantify uh, like everything. And I know people who follow me and have kind of known about my work, they know like that's what I'm in the business of is quantification. I mean, I built an entire business on quantification. And you know, I've right now I've got a whoop on, I've got, you know, my aura, I've got my Garmin Phoenix X, I've got my Hanu band on. Like I've got everything that's tracking numbers. And I love doing experiments. I think that's kind of the thing. People who are in the health optimization world love doing experiments. So they're gonna throw on a device and kind of test pre-post during. It's just something that we we do and we like to do. And I think that's for better and for worse sometimes, honestly. Uh, but one of the things that I have done some tests on just kind of playing around is looking to see, okay, what happens to things like heart rate, heart rate variability, and other more specific parameters when I'm grounding when I'm using different PMF devices, especially Halo, um, w- like what 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 changes do I see here, and kind of what effects is that having on a from a physiological perspective? When I say physiological, I'm really just referring to um, cardiorespiratory uh, inner workings and autonomic nervous system functioning. And the one thing that right. I see almost consistently is changes in heart rate. And changes in heart rate variability in both grounding and PMF. The first time I ever used the Halo device, I put the device um, on my lap. It was kind of sitting on my abdomen. And we'll talk a little bit more about placement location, you know, running frequency sets here in a little bit. But I placed it on my abdomen. abdomen and that day I had not worked out yet. So my heart rate was already relatively low. I tend to have a, a bit of a low, lower heart rate anyway. So my heart rate, I think it was around like 58 or 60 beats per minute. I was at rest. I was just kind of, you know, sitting down as, as anyone would normally do when they use these types of devices. And, and, and when I turned it on, I noticed after about 10, 15 minutes of doing uh, the recovery frequency set, that my heart rate had gone from like a start of like 58, 59, 60 down to low 50s, high 40s, like 48, 49, 50. And I thought that was fascinating. And, you know, anytime I test something, I say, okay, first time is like, I can, I'm just going to say that's placebo. Like that's just the scientist, you know, brain is that's placebo. So I was like, let's try it again tomorrow. So basically same conditions, tried it again. Same thing happened. Uh, I was also tracking heart rate variability. And I noticed that from pre to pro post, I would see these increases. I would go from, you know, whatever it might start off at like 60 or 75 milliseconds and would be up at like 80, 85, you know, during the session. Now, could that be explained by changes in respiration, maybe mindful breathing during the session potentially, but I also tried to remove as much confounding variable as I could. Now I realize that everything that I'm saying right now is all anecdata, right? It's just my observation. So I want to be clear with that, but I noticed these unique effects and I thought, that it was just really neat that every time and even to today, I don't know how long I've been using Halo, but it's been probably it's been over like six months, I think now. And I'll use it post workout. I'll use it in the morning, like during my meditative sessions. Like I'm very much like, let me kill as many many birds as one stone as I can, because time is a little (laughs) bit more on a crunch nowadays. But I just continue to notice these repeated effects. Now, I know you talked a lot about uh, earlier, you talked about how PMF can actually result in changes in the autonomic nervous system. It can change cellular voltage. Is this something that you've seen in the literature? Is this something that you've seen kind of from reports from people who are using it both internally or externally as customers? What's been your experience there? So the, the heart rate is, a, is a, a tough one just because there are so many variables attached to heart rate. And you know, that is one that, that just, you know, talk about con- confounding variables, right? But the but the HRV is one that, you know, we have seen and, you know, we did, a, we had an independent study done by, um, by Biostrap and, uh, you know, we had no visibility into it. And, uh, you know, they went through and did, you know, sleep and recovery and, and track this with elite athletes. And I mean, you know, it was probably just inside of 20% improvements that, that were seen a lot of those, you know, markers, which is incredible, by the way, sorry to stop you. Uh, I was just say, it's in, yeah, I, I just want to say it was, inc- it's incredible because a lot of times when we study athletes and high performers, especially like elite professional athletes, and we provide them with a change agent, 
a lot of times we don't see big needle moves. And the reason being is because these are individuals who are trying to optimize in every single way that they possibly can. And they're doing every recovery modality that they can. Whereas in the general public, when we start to introduce different modalities, a lot of times we will see bigger swings. So what I think is pretty cool about that study is that it was performed on high performing athletes and we still saw really good movement, which is pretty cool. And I'll link in the show notes of this podcast, that study, I believe it's on your, on your website as well, right? That, that, that white paper. It is. And that's exactly right. And that's the reason why we went, um, you know, and primarily wanted to do that, um, have that study done on elite athletes because, you know, that really is the test, uh, you know, right. And, and they, you are talking about super optimized, uh, a super optimized cohort, you know, so, but what you're talking about, so there's the feeling and there's the knowing, right. And so, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I mean, I've got devices, left and right yeah. that, uh, that I use. And, and I test them against each other to, to make sure that, you know, there aren't variables that are not being accounted for, et cetera. And so we like to operate in the knowing and, you know, and I think that's, for me, that's where wearable tech and some of the things that we have are, we gravitate to the things that work yeah. and the things that don't fall away. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the way that, that it happens. The halo is the centerpiece for me. It, it is the centerpiece of my own personal recovery. Uh, and, because it works, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. works. Now, getting back to the, the the changes that you see. So a lot of that, and the reason why some of, there are confounding variables and you do have to be careful. And for me, it's more about, you really need a, a long arc, right? So you, you know, it requires using a modality, using it consistently, removing the variables, and then testing it among multiple devices to, to just to try to get all the noise filtered out that you possibly can, you know, and it takes, you know, it takes about six, six to 12 weeks of that, right. To try to draw a consistent line and see an improvement. That's where the PEMF, the power of PEMF is because you can use red light therapy. You can use the, the sauna, which is a huge time commitment, which mm-hmm. is the challenge behind mm-hmm. the sauna, the, the infrared sauna, but you can, you know, I've used those modalities. I know red light, moves the needle. Yep. I know that, you know, with consistent use, I know that infrared sauna moves the needle because it just takes time for you to see that change mm-hmm. take effect. So when you have a, when you have a wearable or you have, you know, a really good meter and you're using a modality and while you're using it, you see these things going on again, a lot of confounding variables, mm-hmm. a lot of things that they can be influenced in so many different ways. Did I, you know, did I drink a little bit more coffee today than I normally do? Did I, did my body process the coffee today equal to how it did yesterday? But you really have to look at that trend over time yeah. to see if that arc is true and consistent. It's such an incredibly valuable point that I want to drive home to listeners because a lot of the times in the age of self-quantification where we have accessibility to all of these devices, uh, we all try sometimes to put on the scientist hat, but we don't put it on fully. And the big problem with it is that we buy a product or we you know, engage and interact with the technology and we expect to see X, Y, and Z. Well, it says like this is going to enhance nervous system functioning or vagal output or vagal tone. And so therefore the expectation is, is that, okay, I measure my HRV or I measure my heart rate or I measure, you know, whatever skin conductance, whatever methodology for looking at the proxies for nervous systems, we do that. And then when we don't see change happen, and immediately then people say it's bunk, it's hoaxy, it doesn't work. And I think the biggest problem with that is that that's not putting on the full true scientist hat, which is not looking at these just short-term acute changes, which can occur, but it's really the compounding effect. And I think the biggest problem and the biggest thing, a solution to this is not focusing on what are just solely the acute effects of what I'm using, the acute effects of what I'm using, but what are the potential long-term trend effects that uh, we see through the use of that device? So whether it be heart rate, whether it be HRV, whether it be performance or recovery, like uh, allowing a much broader expectation for that and not confining ourselves to only seeing transient change, I think is extremely, extremely valuable. And this is something when I've consulted with many, many tech companies and many, many hardware and software companies on this who are using biometric input. And I say, the first thing I say is, is that you need to educate whoever your user is, that if they have some expectation of seeing data change right off the get go, they're going to be wildly disappointed by 
99.9% of everything they try. So I just thought I'd throw that in right. there as a disclaimer because I don't want people to say, I heard Dr. J. Wiles talk about he used Halo and saw X, Y, and Z effects the first time he used it. Yeah, I did. That wasn't what I was, that wasn't what I thought was really cool. What I thought was really cool is seeing the compounding effects over time. And it's the reason why I still use this today is because there is a compounding effect. So sorry to cut you off there. I just figured I'd throw in my continued disclaimer. I love that. And, and I, and, you know, we love that. We love that, that feedback because, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the, the efficacy of, of the product and the technology is, is everything right. And for us, the sun rises and sets uh, with the customer. And, and ultimately that's your test ground is does your customers see the changes and understand them? You know, another thing too, you know, so, and I also, by my comment of operating in the knowing and not the feeling, I don't want to discount the feeling. Um, you know, there are people who are super intuitive are really tuned into their bodies. You know, there's people who they know that, for example, they know that they're getting a cold Mm -hmm. like two days before the symptoms really hit because they're so dialed into their Mm -hmm. body. And there are other people that'll have a sniffle for a week and be like, I don't know what this is. Right. 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 And so, but, and I don't want to discount the feeling because that is a, you know, we just through, you know, science hasn't, you know, and technology hasn't developed to the point yet where we can understand that the feeling is actually an algorithm that, that, Mm -hmm. you know, that we use. It's like intuition. There's an algorithm behind that. It's just very individualized. Um, But the feeling is important. So for example, when, when I use, when I, you know, I used the halo for a year, you know, before just through all of the, the testing phase before we did a uh, soft launch. And, you know, I could, you know, I, even before I was, I was building um, in my own biometrics, uh, you know, the, the, the output and what was happening, you know, I could feel uh, the, the changes, right. I mean, I could feel, you know, if I was, if I had a really strenuous workout and I knew, you know, when you have consistency in your schedule, you know how your body feels, right? Like I'll do a particular workout and I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to be really sore tomorrow. You know, I, I may not be able to go, go out and do this again. And then you could see when you use modalities that have you on the court when you normally wouldn't be on the court yet, or, uh, you know, just, so to me, I just, I wanted to mention that I don't want to discount feeling as if feelings are unimportant. It's just that with wearables, we have a great way for those of us who may not be like hyperintuitive to our bodies yep. to have an understanding of what's happening. Yeah. The cool thing about wearable technology too, and one of the things at Hanu that we talk about a lot is that a lot of the times we need kind of these external triggers and reminders through data to give us a better um, or to increase interoception. So to increase our ability to check in and to dial in, because sometimes we don't know until we're told. And then when we're told enough times, then we start to begin to become conditioned. We pick up on it. And we say, okay, yep. I know what to expect now. So no, I totally agree with you there. I want to switch gears and talk a little bit now in regards to the halo device and PMF in general. I want to talk about use cases because I think this is one that I get a, a lot. And I know that on your website, you guys talk about kind of the use case for things like recovery and for, you know, sports performance, and then also too for stress. So I'd like to kind of break down some of these areas and talk about them in a little bit more detail because I know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, um, it seems like there is a lot that you guys have tailored now to kind of the sports performance world. But my guess is, is that that it also can broaden and expand past sports performance. Um, uh, I mean, I know that's what I use it predominantly for as well, but also too think like the increase in like mental acuity and sharpness can also be effective for people who are like, you know, executives or high performers in that domain. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the use cases. What is it predominantly used for? Who are kind of like the people who are normally turning to something like this? So we've got performance and and recovery sections Mm -hmm. within our frequency sets. So anybody who's familiar with the product knows that there's the performance section, which has things like prepare and focus. And, um, and then we have the recovery section, which has recovery relief and and things that are more, um, you know, what people think of as, you know, after I've performed or after I've exerted myself, now I'm going to recover Mm -hmm. the, the foundation of, 
of our customer base is really, you know, professional athletes, um, collegiate athletes, weekend warriors, people who are, you know, very fit and and work out and are really, you know, looking for optimization. The, the reality is, though, is that, um, you know, this is a technology that is expandable to, I mean, if you, if, if you, if you walk, if, if you, if you have breathe, cells, <laughs> yeah, right. If you have cells, this is, you know, this can be, um, this can be a very, very powerful modality, uh, for you, but our focus has really been, um, again, it's driven around, we know how amazing the product is and how amazing the technology is. We know the efficacy of it and that it moves the needle in a meaningful way. Um, and, you know, our main driver is to provide this kind of, um, of support and this kind of opportunity to the people that it matters the most for. And right now that tends to be somebody who's fit, somebody like yourself, who is always training for something or pushing their body or, you know, wants, wants to be in that optimized state. Now, so let's just, now let's break down the two categories. What is it used for most? Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell you that, you know, one thing that we've learned through, you know, we have a wonderful feedback loop through our user base and a lot of the pro athletes. And we know that there's a great understanding and awareness around sleep um, and around the importance of sleep and how sleep really does, you know, it is, that is the main recovery period. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, while you're awake, you tend to be using energy and using those stores. And when you sleep, you replenish those super, super high level of utilization in that recovery section, um, before sleep, Mm -hmm. um, to maximize the benefits in sleep. Are they using it like right before they go to sleep, like right before bed, or should you like, uh, use it maybe a couple hours? Like what's the typical protocol there? Because I've, I typically like to avoid anything. Um, a lot of use of basically any type of technology, a few hours before bed, just because I'm always concerned, like, is this going to like jolt my system into like go mode? even though it may not be intended to do that. So I was curious what that protocol looks like for sleep. Um, it, so so this, is, this is where it just depends. And, and the reason why it just depends is everybody's different. Everybody's nervous system is different in the way that it functions and operates. Everybody's diet is different. Everybody eats on a different schedule. Everybody has, there are so many variables there right. that there, there is going to be that cohort, for example, that it's like, look, I can't do anything, you know, two hours before bed or or an hour before bed, I can't even watch TV or I can't be on my phone. I have to read or I have to, and everybody has to know where, right. And so, and that's actually, you know, really great sleep hygiene, right. If, if, if you're like that. Um, so for those people, you know, we have pro athletes that will use it immediately after exertion, Mm -hmm. right. They'll use recovery immediately afterwards. Um, and they find great benefit in that. Um, we have others like myself where I have a very consistent protocol where I will stack, um, you know, calm and recover. And I'll do that at, you know, nine o'clock at night and I'm in bed by 10, mm-hmm. you know, or 10, 15. And I find that it actually, um, you know, stacking calm on there kind of puts my parasympathetic nervous system in a great state, kind of sets yeah. that balance. And then, and then the recovery, you know, the recover is just optimizing the recovery as I sleep. And, and just to, you know, just a little insight on that for myself personally is, you know, I track my deep sleep, I track my REM sleep, right. all of it over long periods of time. And, you know, this is where, you know, when the things that you do, you see that they matter because anybody who's, you know, you can, you hear the stories of people who go out and drink alcohol, you know, they go out and have a heavy night of drinking. And then that night they look at their, you know, their numbers and they're horrible, right? They're, yeah. they're decimated. Um, and then it takes almost two or three days to recover from that and get mm-hmm. back into the zone. But to answer your question, I think it really just depends on the person. I mean, you can run recover before you have physical exertion. You know, you're oxygenating, you're, you know, you're doing all those things in almost like a prep way. You mentioned executives and are like people who with focus or perform or brain performance. And that really is a place where, you know, we're focusing. And especially going forward, you know, we've got constant development of new frequency sets. And so there's kind of, you know, there's overall recovery, there's body recovery, there's muscle, tendon, ligament, fascia recovery. um, And then there's brain recovery, right? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's very specific recoveries around, 
you know, brain optimization, sensory uh, functions, et cetera. The vet, you mentioned the vagus nerve, like, you know, all of those things. And I think that is, uh, there's a lot of open canvas there um, uh, for development and, and optimization. Um, to mention one other thing about, you know, the knowing and, and, and the feeling and just kind of the, you mentioned using modalities that, you know, were very per- almost percussive in nature, right? Almost like a, like a Theragun, right? Right. Um, only, only it's PEMF, you know, one of the reasons that we put on our coil, the light, you know, the little led light that's mm-hmm. there, you know, that light is, it's, it's not driven by a separate ener- electrical source. That light is driven by the magnetic field. Mm. And we put it there because for some people, there is a need to have that, that feedback loop to be able to see, oh, this thing is on and yeah there are frequencies coming out of it. If anybody was wondering, oh, they're looking on YouTube. It's this little light right here. It's not on because I don't have my device on, but uh, that's it right there. And it'll flash. And I've always thought, okay, I'm assuming it's flashing kind of like in cadence with the frequency that it's emitting at that time. Um, but yeah, it's nice because, you know, I, and, and and I don't want to derail us from this because I want you to finish your point, but we will talk about how Halo is different from other devices. But the one thing that I will say uh, is that I have used some PMF devices that you can actually feel. And I'll talk about those here in a minute, whereas this is one that you cannot feel. So I think it's actually nice that you can see it because then, you know, well, you know it's on and it's working. Uh, but then also too, it's, it's really interesting because the f- real fast flashing lights, like it's just, it just looks like there is, they're kind of in cadence with frequency. And so something mentally for me, it, it, uh, it just pairs with it. And Dr. J they are. So they, that when you see that light for flickering, it is actually being driven by the frequencies that are going through, which is why if you've noticed, um, you know, you'll see the light, it'll, it'll flicker and then it'll pause yep. for just you know, a second. And then you'll see it flicker again. And that's because, you know, we use a layered frequency approach, um, you know, and, and, and the driver behind that is because my belief is, is any modality that takes more than 30 minutes is like a major investment. Yes. So, you know, you really, you inside of, of 30 minutes, the halo, our max frequency set is 22 minutes. That was just because me personally, in my experience, 22 minutes is like the threshold. Right. 22 minutes is really quick. 26 is a lot. It's, 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 it's a weird thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the, um, in developing this for optimizing time, it forced us to look at the frequencies and how they're being delivered. And most devices use like a token ring where it's one frequency and then boom, and then it slams the next one on boom. And it slams the next, what we've done is developed, you know, we've got hundreds of frequencies within frequency, each frequency set. They're separated into different blocks and then there's different amplitudes within each one of those blocks and it's all designed finesse right mm-hmm. i mean ultimately you know there's brute force a lot of energy uh the the you can feel it you know thump and then there's finesse which is very gentle very low energy but super effective right and and that was the driver behind yeah. it so this is where um and i think just i i think the the thread that we were on um uh was just this you know this uh the 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 brain recovery the mm-hmm. body recovery the different things that it can be used for but you know by and large you know we do have a lot of athletes who use it for prep for prep work mm-hmm. uh for you know for for uh, focus but I would say that probably, you know, 65 to 70% of the utilization is on the recovery. And that is because it's just has really come to light. It's really come to light to people that, you know, there, there isn't really, you know, there, there really isn't, you know, over, you know, over exerting there's under recovering. Sure. Right. I mean, to, to, as long as you can recover, there is no limit to the exertion that you can put out. Yes. Yeah, no, indeed. Like in sport, in the sports performance world, um, yes, the actual performance and the actual exercise is very helpful, um, in, you know, building resiliency, but what is the most important concept is recovery. And I think that's well known in the sports performance literature. Like if you want to get better at something, you better, you get, you have to get better at recovering. And so, uh, I think it's such a valuable component. And so to kind of just to wrap up this section of the podcast, um, it sounds like most people, if they're utilizing the performance frequency 
sets. That's really to help prime the pump, energize them, get them ready from a cellular level so that they can go out there and perform the best. And then when they're done, now it's time to recover. So it's time to kind of pump the brakes, really heal up so that they can get out there and do it again, you know, in a couple hours if they're a pro athlete sometimes or the next day or whenever they train again. So they'll go in the recovery uh, frequency set. So let's talk a little bit about maybe even use we could utilize kind of a quick case study uh, before we switch gears a little bit. When we talk about what it actually would look like practically for like, let's say an, an athlete, uh, what are typically, um, an at what, when is typically an athlete going to use this, um, prior to an exercise? So do they use it like an hour prior, like just prior to do it and then boom, running shoes are on and they're gone. Um, or do they use it some other time frame? And then when they recover the same way, is it immediately after they are done or can they wait a period of time? Is it beneficial to wait a period of time to allow the you know hormesis to work its way out because I know we don't want to blunt the hormetic effects. So what does that actually look like practically? So on the on the preparation side it tends to be the feedback that we're getting is about 35 uh, 30 to 45 minutes prior mm-hmm. to prior to an event. Right. So that's that's what we're here about 30 to 45 minutes prior to an event for those frequencies to really, you know, take effect um, and and be able to have the impact that the athlete's looking for. For recovery, um, it, it really is. It's very split. There are people who when I earlier when I said right after, you know, I mean, literally not coming off the field and throwing it right on. But there mm-hmm. are athletes who, you know, they'll come off the field for a practice or a game. And they'll go in, they'll shower. And the first thing they do when they're you know, done showering up and cleaning is they'll go and do the, the recovery. Yep. Many of those athletes will do the recovery and do it again before sleep. But there are some who just will do it before sleep because yeah. for them, all about my recovery during sleep, they, they view any recovery before that is limited in, in benefit only because there's still more exertion. Remember, sure. a lot of these athletes, you know, they'll, they'll train, you know, they have training blocks, yep. they'll They'll do you know, cardio, then they'll go and they'll train on the field, then they'll come in and they'll do some weights. Exactly. And they, they kind of get through all of that and then use the evening as that uh, as that recovery period sure. before bed. Makes total sense. My routine, um, just in case anybody's interested, because a lot of people will ask me, okay, so like, what are you doing? Uh, it depends on kind of the training day, but for, mo- for the most part, what I like to do is I'll do my, you know, resistance training or weight training in the morning, or I'll do, you know, let's say a light swim or, you know, a bike ride or a run in the morning. I immediately will sauna after the workout. Then I normally jump in a cold shower afterwards um, to kind of uh, get my good hot, cold contrast therapy. Then I come back to my office, which is about 20 minutes away from my gym. But the reason I talk, I, I don't use Halo immediately after is because I keep my Halo here in my office. And immediately the first thing I'm doing when I do emails in the morning, I'll throw the halo on and I'll use typically recover and then calm. I kind of just stack those two together. And we can talk a little bit about the stacking here in a second. Uh, but for me, that just tends to work really well. And I've noticed too. So uh, if, if I'm doing a lot of zone two cardio in the morning, and I'm on my bike and I, let's say I ride 20 miles and then I do a hot sauna. I mean, I'm keeping my heart rate elevated. And by the time I get back to my office, my heart rate's lowered, but it's still more elevated than what it would be typically if I'm at rest because I've just done some pretty exhausting stuff. I mean, an hour bike ride plus, you know, 20 minute sauna and a cold shower. My nervous system's still pretty shocked, but I notice that when I throw on the halo, like it, it may not be that I'm having these crazy, like, you know, heart rate starting at 60 going down to the, in the forties. But I am saying, let's say if I start off my heart rates in the low eighties, high seventies will come down into the low seventies when I use it. So I feel that sense of recovery. I settle down, I relax. And, you know, I know a lot of it's going to have to do with time away from exercise. My heart rate's going to adjust back to normal, but I also have seen it just aid in that recovery component. It's been so effective for me. And again, it's why I keep coming back to it. And like, if I find that I use something and don't find any efficacy for me, and I'm not saying the product's not efficacious, but if I don't find a product to be efficacious for me, then like, I just don't use it because I have other things I want to try and want to use. But Halo is something that I keep coming back to. And like I mentioned before, I've used a lot of other devices. And the one I like the most is Halo. And that's not just to, you know, uh, 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 you know, kind of, uh, 
uh, I would say kind of, uh, you know, uh, boost your ego there, Jeff. It's uh, because I've actually like it and, and, and use it and find it to be helpful. I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. I, I, again, I love to hear it. And, uh, you know, this is just, um, you know, when you think about, I couldn't agree with you more, you know, I personally am this way where we're all really busy, right? We're super busy. And Time is everything, right? Time is everything. It's what everything boils down to, right? Is sure. is time? It, it, what your job, you know, the money that you make, the the people you 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 spend time with, uh, you know, what you fill your your zones with. It's all about time. Mm-hmm. If something does not work for me, and I mean really work, I drop it. Like I do not have the time. For example, the infrared sauna, you know, which I I really do love. There's no way. I'm going to spend that time unless it is seriously moving the needle and, and doing something yes, big. Yeah. And, and that's what, and that's why the, you know, so PEMF for me has just become, you know, the, the center point for me of, of that, of that recovery. Uh, I wanted to talk about a couple more things before we wrap it up today. I know we just have a few more minutes. The first thing I want to talk about is how, and we kind of hit on this, but let's just speak more pointed about it. How is halo different from other devices, like the handheld device I had, Flex Pulse. Uh, uh, how is it different than like the Pulse Centers one? Because you know, with the Pulse Centers one, it was like you put it on and it just like jolts the muscle. Uh, but to my knowledge, and correct me if I'm wrong, we're using the same technology. But is it just a matter of like power output that's the difference and price? I mean, you know, your device isn't thirty grand, <laughs> right? Well, so that's it's. Um... So this is where this is really where uh, I will say PEMF works, right? So if there's a company and they are using you know frequencies um, that the targeted frequencies, you know, high quality equipment, PEMF works. And so for many people, the, there are products that have the really that you're talking about, right? I mean, the amplitude is very high. Yeah. You know, another thing that uses frequencies is power plate. I don't know if you've, you've got experience with the power plate, but very, you know, it's a great device. It's, it's very similar in that, you know, it, it, it's, it's a, it's a plate that vibrates. Um, and it's ultimately using like 20, 30, uh, Hertz, um, at a particular amplitude. Mm-hmm. That's all of that stuff. It, you know, PEMF works and it's mm-hmm. beneficial, the difference between what Halo does and how we apply it in others is that others will use a you know fewer frequencies, mm-hmm. um, maybe more singular frequencies, and just jack up the power output as a means to driving that outcome. Is that supposedly like reduce the amount of time that you have to use it because it's giving you more power output or is it just because they want people to feel something? Maybe yes to both. And I don't know what the mix is. So I don't, you know, I don't know the insights of of why they've done what they've done, but, uh, but we do know that, you know, it's, it's effective technology, right? It's effective technology. And, but what we did is the, you know, the, the, the heavy lifting of understanding the frequencies, understanding the the different sets, how they interrelate, the different ones that affect different um, functions within uh, the body, which ones to optimize, um, and then and then layering them in a way that again they are uh, very smoothly accepted into the body and don't trigger. You know, for example, you know, I'll give you an example. You can have we've all heard too much of a good thing is too much, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's like somebody who goes, oh, well, uh, MCT oil is healthy. I'm going to drink four gallons a day. You know, it's... And then sit in the bathroom all day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's our same philosophy with with PEMF that is, you know, just like anything or even percussive therapy, like you know, I mentioned Theragun earlier, you can use something in a way that it actually causes the body to recoil. Right, it actually causes the ner- the sympathetic nervous system to recoil and go whoa, 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 you know, and and when that happens, you know, so many of the benefits just because the body's not accepting of it, right? You've triggered that nervous system, and it's like, uh, uh-uh. uh, I know you want to, you know, I know you want to um, optimize or or uh, help digestion, for example, sure. yeah. But I feel a threat, and I'm not going to 
you know, I'm not going to trigger that. So I don't know why other companies have done it the way that they've done it. I think maybe some of it is, you know, is just, you know, the beginnings of the technology, right? It's like the basic, you know, it's, it's very, it's more, it's more simple. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's kind of like, it's like engine technology, right? You know, you go through the sixties and you get big block motors and it's just a bigger motor and a bigger motor and a big, and that's how we do it. And then here we are today where we've got, you know, twin turbo sixes that, you know, destroy any V8 that's out there, you know, that, uh, you know, that's on the market or, you know, a V8 that isn't, you know, the Hoonicorn or something that's twin turbo or something. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's that same uh, philosophy where it just takes extra work um, yeah. to to do the work and understand um, how to finesse with with lower power and mm-hmm. you know, something more gentle. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Last thing before we wrap up, let's talk a little bit about dosing. How often should people be using this? Is there such thing as too much time? Uh, can you overdo PEMF or is that not such a thing? Uh, so talk a little bit about like the dosing and the timing. So this is one where, you know, we, we have, you know, in our, in our recommendations and our quick start guide, we, you know, we're, we, we give every user kind of that baseline of, you know, here's, you know, here's what we recommend as far as the, the usage um, because of, the way PEMF is, is it's all, in, you know, in the ELF range, uh, the frequencies with regard to utilization, it really is, is self-specific, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it is how active are you? How, um, you know, are you seeing, you know, are you seeing the benefits is, are you dealing with something that is, um, more acute? Like, are you an elite athlete who, mm-hmm has completely overdone it and needs to run recover two times instead of one time, mm-hmm. uh, during the day. Um, it really is, it's, it's a very individual thing. I will say though, that just like anything, uh, just like, you know, whether it's vitamin C or I mentioned MCT oil or whether it's stretching, um, you know, you have to know your body and, and every, and there's a, there's a threshold there, which is kind of the threshold we've identified that is the, you know, the sweet spot mm-hmm. and anything more than that, there's just, there's declining benefit, mm-hmm. right? You're just, you're spending the time and you're doing something for which the benefit has already been had. You're just, you're, there's just going to be a decline in the benefit. Right. That makes sense. I do have one more follow-up question because I think a lot of people are going to want to know this. Um, so I know that, you know, for me, a lot of times I just rest this gently in my lap or on my abdomen. Uh, but I also know too, that you can spot treat, uh, wherever the coil is placed, is that going to be the area that's going to receive basically the most information from the coils? Um, uh, or, or does it not really matter as much? Um, so basically I'm asking like, if I have a knee problem, should I put it on my knee or is it still going to benefit me even if I put it, let's say on my lap or abdomen? So it'll benefit you if you put it in your lap or, you know, so I, I put it in, I put it on my stomach in the evenings Mm -hmm. when I run recover. However, you know, so you have to think about the way that the, the toroidal field works and, you know, the way that, that sound is emitted from the coil is the center point of the coil is where the most concentrated Mm -hmm. um, sound is. And then that field extends out uh, from the center point of that coil. And which is why, you know, if you put the coil in the center, uh, you know, in your, in your stomach or the center of your body, you know, you've got a field that extends, you know, two to three feet on each side. So, you know, you're getting, you know, up, you know, four to six feet of coverage there. So you do get the full body coverage, uh, in that location. However, um, I do, I spot all the time. We recommend it if you have, you know, if you've got, you know, your, if your feet are fatigued, if your legs are fatigued, if you're neat, whatever, put that coil and focus the, the, the center of the coil, the donut, mm-hmm. right where that, you know, wherever the, the most strain is. Sure. Um, and, and that tends to provide the best benefit. Good to know. Awesome. And you can wear clothes while you do this, right? You don't have to be unclothed. You can wear clothes. You can do it you know, on the sofa. Sure. You can, you don't have to wear clothes, but it's, <laughs> right. you know, it, typically, you know, we, look, we develop the device, um, for ease of use, um, and for efficiency and effectiveness. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can just, I share with people how I use it. It tends to be how a lot of our, our athletes use it as well is, you know, I have my evening ritual. It's after dinner, it's before bed. And I sit down and I'll run my frequency sets. And the reason why we don't come out and say 
specifically run this one, then this one, then this one, is as we said before, everybody's different. Everybody's day is different. Your diet within a day is different. Your workouts in a day are different. Right. So you really do have to use some intuition or if you don't have intuition, you use your recovery devices exactly. to figure out where your body is lacking and what it needs uh, in order to recover stronger. Jeff, thanks for bringing so much great uh, wealth of information. Uh, Halo.com, H-A-E-L-O. Uh, we'll also link that in our show notes. We'll link your social media um, uh, outlets there as well. So uh, again, thanks so much for being on here. Really interesting information for sure. Awesome. I had a great time. Thanks, All Dr. Right. J. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Hanu Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. This podcast would not happen without listeners and supporters like you. And the best way to support us and the show is to head on over to iTunes and provide us with a five-star review. This helps us reach others and spread the good word of breathing and stress resiliency. If we read your five-star review on air, please reach out to podcast at hanuhealth.com with your name and mailing address, and we will send you some sweet Hanu gear. Until next time, breathe better and stress less.